Boom, what's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakyan. Very excited to be talking about art and emotional expression. We have Athena Kim joining us on the show. Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming on, Athena. Really Thank you so much for having me here. Really excited for this. You reminded me that it's been a long time since we've actually known each other. When I first came to the Bay Area about seven years ago. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a long time for a Bay Area yeah, friend. Yeah, because so many people are just meeting so recently. And so it's cool that we've known each other a while. You've grown a lot as a human. I have too. For those that don't know Athena's background, Athena Kim is a painter living in the Bay Area whose abstract expressionism embodies complex personal feelings and body sensations. Each of her works is a profound personal journey into the depths of the subconscious and past personal experiences. As a result, they culminate in unique compositions of richly colored abstract images which fill large canvases with gestures, lines, shapes, and colors that evoke feelings of transcendence and tranquility. So beautiful. And you can find the links in the bio below, athenakimart.com, as well as her Instagram and Facebook. Athena, let's start things off by understanding who you are and your journey. So you're born in Seoul in South Korea. and who were you growing up? How did you get interested in art? I don't exactly remember how I got interested in art, but what I do remember as a kid, I was always a drawing. And uh, I was always like a visually very um, interested and responsive. And um, drawing, painting was uh, one of my favorite things to do. The hours could pass by easily. Yeah. What were you drawing, painting when you were young? I think uh, mostly um, the sceneries, landscapes, and also like, sky, stars. And what was it like growing up in South Korea? <laughs> Personally, it was a very dark, heavy. Um, I, I was a gifted child. So at a very early age, I started getting a lot of expectations from parents and school teachers. And there is a huge uh, emphasis on doing well in the school exams and getting into a top college. That was the only way that you could like, make it uh, from working class to, I don't know, like a middle class or with other opportunities and possibilities. And so those expectations were, were heavy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the eldest of three, and both of my parents came from a very humble family. Uh, so literally they had nothing and had to build something. And they believed uh, in the power of education, so they wished me to like, have a different life, which is a better life. Um, so they made a huge sacrifice, um, putting us into private education with a huge loans, and they were living extremely frugally, and um, yeah, and then uh, they were very worried about what other people think about how they did with their life, which is uh, also very common culture in Korea. Um, I think especially eldest and also gifted child, there is an extra expectations on me that I should do well and then they wanted to live their um, like dream that got through me almost yeah <laughs> and then did you continue also uh, 
having the your emotional expression through art throughout your like teenage years and through your 20s? Uh, unfortunately, no. I think I had that uh, creative outlet when I was in a private elementary school with the extracurricular events, um, the classes, but not once I got into junior high school. It was all about getting perfect grades and school tests and no other extracurricular activities. So my father cut me off of the private piano lessons I was getting when I was in elementary school, uh, which I was like most passionate about. So. Wow. Yeah, we have a lot to change about our world to make it easier for kids to pursue what they actually find most interesting and not be just squelched by the, by the economic and political and parental machinery saying, you have to do this. Yeah, I, I totally with you on that. But in Korea, it's like a people mindset mentality. Um, the kids who are not smart or not academically accomplished but coming from a lot of money, um, they get art lessons and go to art schools. So it's not really like a cool thing to do. Especially our family didn't have a lot of funds. So I remember my mother telling me like, I wish that I could support you if you wanted to go to art school instead. But unfortunately we can't. But fortunately you are very smart. You're, you're doing so well in school. So why don't you go to like top college and then make an art as a hobby. It'd be cool to be a doctor or professor and um, you know, painting on the side. That would be better for you. That's what my mother told me. Mm. But if I had a choice to do whatever what I wanted to do, then I would totally go for art. Uh, doing other school work was to uh, partially make my parents proud and happy uh, up under sacrifices and also um, I, I understood like the importance of getting education. It was such a such a, like a strong emphasis like since I was a very little so yeah. yeah and then did, how did you end up then transitioning from South Korea to the Bay Area? Yeah um, I think it's around in my mid-30s, I started traveling to San Francisco. Um, I think I was uh, working as a freelance Korean English translator interpreter. So I had a flexibility with some savings. Um, and then that's when I got into um, like a personal healing journey. Mm. I seeing psychologist and doing meditation um, and making a lot of self-reflections which I didn't think that I had the luxury to do uh, for a few decades of my life. And, and then coming to San Francisco was um, kind of taking a break from a very somewhat stressful and overwhelmingly like happy personal work I was doing in Korea. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then there was a, a process of, of wanting to heal and having uh, psychiatry as well as meditations, these types of processes for you in terms of healing. And would you say that then um, art was then another m modality for you for healing, another way to heal? 
I didn't have a full understanding of the healing power um, of art. It was just, um, I had a really difficult time to acknowledge and navigate my feelings and emotions during therapy mm. with a psychologist. So every time I go to see her at her office, she asks me a question, how are you feeling? Then I'll just uh, get stuck and not knowing how to answer the question, not knowing what my feelings are. Yeah. And one day, she knew that how frustrating I was, frustrated I was, and then handed me a sketchbook with the crayons and asked me to just draw. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I did, and it was. It was kind of like a random drawing, and I started painting with the colors, and then there's kind of relief and kind of joy, like opening in, in my body that seemed to like relieve uh, the frustration or the discomfort that I was experiencing. So after, after that, I started drawing on my own. Wow, that's an interesting, um um, healing practice that even like a, a psychologist if they can identify that um, someone if they can use a sketch pad with some crayons to express how they're feeling that can be a really good way to get people to actually express themselves mm -hmm. yeah and so then did you f when you were when you were um, expressing yourself then that was kind of the moment for you of like maybe I should do this more no, it didn't occur to me that way. Okay. I was just uh, doing more and more because there was a benefit that I was ah, getting. Okay. There was a kind of sense of relief, like even liberation, mm -hmm. and it interests me uh, what, what comes on the canvas because it's a blank uh, canvas and a sketchbook, and I didn't have any intention or purpose of what I was going to draw or paint. Yeah. So I just stay with it and then just uh, let my fingers or wherever it leads and just kind of go with it. And something very interesting like keep coming that made me curious. And also uh, helped me navigate the feelings that I couldn't figure out for myself. And it gives me a sort of like a data, something like tangible to look at. Yes. And then ponder yeah. around. You said uh, relief and uh, liberation, yeah. And then it gives you something tangible to look at and yeah, and ponder afterward. And then you started that practice more and more when you were in the Bay? Oh, when I was in the Bay, while well, I was just traveling back and forth? Yeah, and when, yeah, when did you pick up starting to do this more and more? Um, I think that was, around late summer 2016. Mm -hmm. That was after I had a really huge uh, panic attacks with anxiety um, and triggers of a past trauma uh, when I was in a relationship and there was, there was um, a lot of like abuse um, that I suffer from. And I don't know how it happened. Like uh, one day I, I picked up uh, the paints and then I started 
painting on canvas. And, and I haven't stopped since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three years of continuing to paint on canvas. Yeah. Yeah. The relief and liberation, something to look at and ponder. Yeah. And, and even then, people really love this work, your art. They're purchasing it for their offices, for their homes, for their because they, they really enjoy the work. And so there's kind of like both, you get the benefit of the relief and liberation, other people get to see something beautiful right. in their homes, offices, yeah. Yeah, I didn't paint to sell. It was that meant for sale. And then one day, uh, a friend that came visit with her friends and then her friend wanted to buy a painting. Yeah. And which was a big surprise. At the time, I was not really up for selling it because I felt like the painting was a piece of me and then it's like letting the part of me let go. But at the time, I, I need the money and I figure I just don't need to let go. Mm. Um, but later, there's the gratitude and the joy and sense of a fulfillment that came to me that yeah. it's a better off to go you know, away from me and then be appreciated. Yes, yes, yeah appreciated by more people yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so then um, this expression of emotions through art um, let's let's start also showing some of um, the first collections the interoception collection so this art here is how does this art how is this art made how does this how does this work how do you do this Oh, how, how did I create it? And the what is interoception? What is this collection? How did you create it? It's all this stuff, yeah. Well, when I paint, I don't even know like what's gonna come out. I set on a blank canvas and meditate first and then get myself grounded and just keep an open mind with curiosity and then just to let my subconsciousness and then my my hand just elite me. Uh, I was going through a lot um, when I created the beginning of an interception series. Usually, I I title uh, the series after the paintings are completed. I was staying at a friend's couch uh, for several months in San Francisco, and. Um, I think um, I stretched the canvas with the help from an artist friend. So it was a free. Uh, supplies were offered and I, I found this a very inexpensive the paint in the art supply store. And um, I was uh, seeing a therapist once a week and just uh, started going to a meditation group. Um, my life was unlike limbo with the total uncertainty, um, not knowing where, where to go next, and I don't even know like if I could, I could survive. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at least it's something that I could do. There, there are so many things that yes. are out of my control. Yes. But I think I was trying to like focus on things that I can do. 
within my control. Uh, for me, having a canvas just uh, you know, set like a space that gave me a sense of the security, the safety that I could create within within this space as mm. I wanted. Mm. But not having tried to like execute something, try to make something, um, taking off the pressure of me, and then the, whatever that comes and just gotta let them come out and express it. To have a space like a canvas to be able to design exactly what you want versus the outside world, it's so out of control. Right, even though I didn't have my own like a physical space, I was uh, living off uh, my suitcase um, on someone's uh, couch and I move around uh, quite a lot and uh, not knowing where to go next and how long I could stay. Um, but at least when it comes to the painting, I have this in the canvas yeah. and, and just do with it. Yeah. And that was really difficult to even explore and navigate, understand what I was going through. And how does, uh, from all, everything that you're feeling, to the way that you're using materials. You said you kind of meditate and then you let your even subconscious just take you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what, yeah, so what would that look like? So is this oil? No. What uh, is it? Yeah. These are um, mixed mediums. Um, I had some like charcoals and pencils and oil pastels and acrylic paint. Okay, acrylic uh, oil, oil pastels, pastels charcoal, charcoal, and crayons and, and crayons pencils. And pencils. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then you get a little bit of all of those involved, and yeah, whatever, whatever feels right to me in that moment, I go with it. My works are not premeditated. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. And they have like a layer of texture on them because like some of the, they're like raised up a little bit, mm -hmm. right? What do you call that when there's that layer of, like that added layer of texture? I call them layers. Layers, layers yeah. of painting. So when, when I feel something or try to like navigate, explore uh, what's going on inside my body, there are, there are a lot of physical sensations that come and go. Um, I find uh, body scanning from mindfulness meditation yes. uh, very helpful. It helps me uh, better present and sensitive and uh, mindful of the sensation I'm going through. And then also help me uh, naming emotions that arise with the physical sensations, which I was not able to do. Um, used to feel like it's just too overwhelming, like too like powerful. Something is like hijacking me. It's just like uh, just so much like energy that I am completely uh, taken by, which made me feel uh, helpless. Uh, but when I do the painting works, it helps me feel grounded because I, it's like invite all of them and embrace them and let them all come out, mm -hmm. uh, come out on canvas. Um, there, there are so many of it and I don't 
I don't really know what they are, but there's so much of it. Uh, but to me, it comes as a colors, textures, and movements. When I navigate physical sensations, emotions, and feelings, and sometimes uh, the memories from the past, and also like being present. And my understanding is that body uh, carries a lot of memories yes. from the past. Body holds the score. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I want to like relieve, relieve uh, all this uh, stuff like mm. I've taken my space. I want like uh, to create some open space so I could, I could be better present. Whoa. So, so different um, feelings when you do the meditation body scan, different feelings will will trigger different movements and different colors and different textures mm -hmm. and do you have a like, can you give us an example of like a feeling and a color that you would use with that feeling can i associate the colors with like emotions yeah yeah well I would say like a blue is um, like calming, calming and grounded uh, impact on me, but at times it could be very deep. And if it gets, for example, if I work on like a blue painting series for like hundreds of hours um, for a long period of time, then I get, I get like really like taken down as if I'm like sinking like under like a deep ocean. And then when I, when I like uh, start working on like a yellow, like an orange and a green, the more vibrant colors that I find more uplifting, that brings me like more life and like a vibrancy. Um, honestly, I don't really think about it like logically, okay, it's a red is like a passion sure, or sure. it's yeah. like a, or tragic. So I'm going to use a red. Um, uh, but, are I, there are, but are there patterns that you see though? Like in the, in the choices that you make, like a certain feeling triggers a certain texture or a, or a body stroke. Body so movement. when I, when I work on uh, the paintings, um, I don't really think like everything like happens so so like quickly then I'm really like immersed in painting so I don't really like think or analyze yeah things. correct because that takes you out of flow yeah right so yeah. I'm like in the flow <laughs> yeah. um yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what's the difference between the um the interoception collection and like the next collection, which is this Blue Space Nebula collection. What's the differences between the collections? Well, Blue Space Nebula collection was born um, because of the art commission. It was the first art commission mm. that I received from a couple whom I met at my Infinista-based stress reduction workshop. Um, so they, they love all of my works once they saw my online gallery images and they both uh, agreed that blue is their favorite color and then wanted me to create something that's um, tranquil and serene. 
and they actually totally um, left it up to me and I, I had no idea other than I'm going to use a blue as like a primary color, which is my most favorite. Um, not knowing it is what, your what comes. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> I've always been attracted to blue since I was very little. Yeah. And I love the ocean blue, sky, yes. and the deep blue of the universe. Yes. And continue on the story with the oh, yeah. So like not knowing like what to create. So just the way I you know painted it before, um, I just started started with it. And then as the painting like continued to uh, proceed, so Lisa, uh, she's one of the, the collectors who commissioned a piece, uh, came by and told me that she is seeing a nebula on the painting. And I never heard that word before. So mm -hmm. she Google searched mm -hmm. and then showed the image of a nebula. Yeah. Then I could see like similarities. So, but I was not painting to create nebula. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, it <laughs> continues to evolve and there are like a bunch of neighbors like stopping by while I was a painting in their garage. And then that's what most of the people were seeing. Universe or we're constellation. Constellation, right. nebulas, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's interesting. So you weren't, thinking uh, cosmology but people came and saw nebulas and constellations and the universe right that's great but it all like came from within myself it's uh, like um, setting like a total like a self face you know so whatever it comes is a welcome and just uh, believe in yourself and just uh, just go with it with intuition maybe there was something as large as nebulas and constellations channeling through you. I actually like a few few of our collectors and mentioned it to me. Yeah. And I I always feel very surreal when I see my works. Uh, it's like I cannot believe that I am doing this. Like did I do this really? <laughs> yeah, did but I, I did it and I don't know like how, but it it, it keeps it coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the expressions. Uh, there's someone saying, "You are the universe. We are. We're the universe. Yes. Like in a part of like a huge like universe." Yes. Observing and experiencing. We mm -hmm. are the universe. Observing, experiencing itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe if I really surrender myself and like to all the possibilities and uh, infinity. Uh, coming from the mother of nature and the universe and yes. then it will just work through me and then things are going to be just I love that yeah. okay yeah so and then I I got very inspired by the first piece I was creating and um, so both collectors they, they couldn't be happier and then I wanted to um, take advantage of having the space to create a large work. So I told them that I'd like to create one more and then let them decide uh, which piece that they wanted to pick. And because I didn't have a studio at the time. I was, I was uh, painting on the living room floor next to the couch and the dining table. But these were like six foot pieces. Oh, this is five by seven feet. Five by seven feet. Right. How do you fit that on a living room floor? Oh, so I couldn't do it there. So that's why I painted 
in my collector's garage. In your collector's garage, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, you, so there was, there were, there was, there were these people that would help give you the right space that you needed in order to have the creative expression come through you, because you needed the space. You needed the. We need the help sometimes from people that, yeah, that believe in us. Of course. Yeah. Um, they had higher belief in my talent and me as a person more than I did for myself at the time. It was uh, November 2017. And it was like, I cannot believe that you guys have like such a like high believe in me uh, because it was a five figure commission work, which is- Excellent. Which is uh, not a small amount of money. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's like, easy for even like people with money uh, yeah. to do that. Yeah. So they had, they believe in me and then they opened their house to me for me to work. And that's how the series were uh, so able nice. to yeah. Yeah. be born. That's beautiful. And uh, like the amount of five feet by seven feet, would you say, um, would you say a majority of the things that you're um, painting are that size? I created two five by seven feet canvas paintings and 10 five by six feet canvas ten paintings. 10 five by six feet. Right. Wow. No, five by, yeah, 10, ten paintings five, five, five by six. six. Yeah. Wow, that's huge, yeah, whoa. I gained a huge self-confidence after I completed a successful first art commission on five by seven feet, feet canvas. And I created a second piece, um, and then uh, which was sold last year by a worldly renowned venture capitalist in Silicon Valley, which is also amazing. And so with the money that I received uh, from the first art commission, I set my intention for the first time and decide to invest into buying art supplies, including mm. 10 five by six feet canvas. I love it. And <laughs> ordered uh, 25 boxes of paint. Wow. And had no clue uh, <laughs> where, where to paint and what to do with the, those, those paintings. 25 boxes of paint. Right. <laughs> And then miraculously, uh, I was able to like find a space to move into uh, temporarily yeah. and live and work. Yes. That was in Berkeley. Yes, yes. Right. See, this is, this is you, you took a big risk. You doubled down on what you love and more doors kept opening up. Yeah, so probably not, not the like, most practical decision to have. <laughs> I think uh, uh, the, the enormous, um, the pressure of not having a lot of things um, out of my control, uncertainty, I feel like I want to do something totally opposite. Because mm. mm -hmm. uh, I fear that otherwise it's gonna, it's gonna take over me. Yes. I don't, yes. I don't like uh, feeling defeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a very bold uh, decision. Uh, of course, there's a lot of fear. What if 
I can't sell them. What am I gonna do with all this like, yeah. gigantic painting? I can't keep them, and I don't have my own space, and my life is still in limbo. And but I did, and then it it paid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great story of <clears throat> of believing in oneself and taking the next steps towards what you find most meaningful in your life and pursuing that even though there can be some fear or some uh, anxiety about what could happen it's better to go through to what you love than to turn around and say i don't i don't think i can do that mm -hmm. it's a reoccurring theme of the people we sit down with now i loved this the vulnerability collection when did you start the vulnerability collection that was in September last year, 2018. I was uh, in this early relationship. I was uh, totally in love with this man, but uh, he was not into me. <laughs> and I was, I was uh, fearful of getting my heart broken, but I, I couldn't like stop loving him and like, it's like my heart was like a rushing out and I had just like a fear of rejection that comes um, as like the, uh, a few small episodes like a panic attacks and anxiety which made my body uh, feel very um, I don't know disorienting mm -hmm. um, so I, I wanted to like uh, work through them somehow, and I I chose like painting as my creative outlet, and um, kind of like a process them. So the first uh, vulnerability piece, uh, mm -hmm. actually, it was supposed to be the the first layer of um, blue space of painting. Uh huh. And I just uh, you know left it because uh, it takes time. <laughs> Where the paints are dry, uh -huh. and um, I, I post each painting that I create onto my social media mm -hmm. accounts, mm -hmm. and there is like immediate response, positive feedbacks from the viewers mm -hmm. on Instagram and on Facebook. So uh, I figured, okay, I'm just gonna leave it as it is and see like what happens. Yeah. And then uh, I received. Uh, Facebook Messenger with a Facebook friend request from Elliot in London uh, who was interested in buying this piece with uh, Blue Space Nebula number five. Wow. Which I thought that was a uh, kind of joke because as a person I'd never met, yeah. we don't have any mutual yeah. contacts. Yeah, yeah. Wow, around the world, what we can see now is uh, the interconnected world can do things like someone can follow your account, see this post, have no mutual friends with you, but is looking for artists that are kind of, you know, unique. He wasn't even looking. He's never Not bought paintings looking. ever before. And just this one just got him and he got interested in what? Actually, it was my uh, Facebook profile photo, me yeah. standing next to a blue space number one. That picture uh, got his attention. Okay. 
and then he started clicking yeah, my yeah. account yeah. and saw this image. That was the latest work that I posted at the time. Okay. And then, so then you sent this one to Elliot then? He actually came visit me in he Berkeley. He came visited you yeah, in Berkeley? Yeah, he, he showed up. Wow. And met me and saw my paintings wow. and purchased two large paintings. Wow. And then commissioned a small piece as a tribute to his father who passed away as a Holocaust survivor from Poland. Athena, this is so cool. This is all happening in the last year for you. Yes. At least I, <laughs> I got you. something You're there. so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> At least I got something out of this, you know, relationship that yeah. didn't work out. I, yeah. I was devastated. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, this is happening again. Why is it happening? Well, yeah. look at why it happened potentially, yeah. But at least I got something really positive, which made like a huge positive impact and momentum for my artist career. Maybe this is exactly what was meant to happen from the relationship that didn't work out. <laughs> it's potential. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. So should I keep dating people? <laughs> like turning into like art? Oh, uh, turning into art, yeah. yeah. You are a channel, Athena. Yeah, I'm curious to, to see how, how what our relationship, our failed, doomed relationship would bring to fruition in the art world. I joke. I didn't even want to touch this because it's such a touchy subject. I just was better off being quiet. But, uh, you know, pain, uh, you know, can create wonderful art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's eventually at some point I can see more young people around the world being able to express themselves through art in more mediums. Right now we have the the benefit of something like Instagram like you were saying or Facebook, mm -hmm. also YouTube through video distribution, right? All these types of mediums mm -hmm. that help us artistically distribute content. I think it's only there's more and more billions of more people that are going to be coming onto the platforms. Right. It's going to be crazy to see what cool art, yeah, comes up. I think the digital social media platforms has given me this opportunities to uh, showcase and sell and work, not only uh, locally and internationally. Yeah. I don't Huge. have a you know, art gallery representation. I'm still looking for the right fit. So I've been doing everything from scratch, from creating artworks, logistics, and sales, and promotion, and marketing, yeah. and social media contents management. Yeah, it's hard. It's a lot of work. You're wearing all the hats. To, and so you're looking to potentially put some of the works into galleries. Yes. Yes. Okay. I and think that would help me just focusing on creating artworks, yes. not having to worry about all this like business matters. Business stuff. Yeah. yeah which takes or get a an lot. agent to help you with that side, the business development side. Yeah. So Athena is looking for galleries for potentially someone to help with business. Yes, the business and then side. Uh, dealers. Dealers. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. And then the contact is right on the website, right, for the contact form. So for those that want, again, that's athenakimart.com. If those that are interested, please reach out to Athena. We would love to see more of this, uh, and so you can focus on what, yeah, the keep this channel going, <laughs> keep this channel open. 
So, okay, and then the more on the vulnerability collection, it seems as though um, the, the, here your uh, the 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 feeling in being expressed through the body motion is like pretty evident. It's pretty visible. Yes. Yes. So the canvas is a larger than my body. Yeah. I am <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> under five three feet, and this is a five by six feet. Uh, I was just uh, you know throwing like the paints walking around and sometimes like running and I love this like a physical like a movements allow me to you know move and yeah. make this you know Amy Cotty talking about you know the body language and how it impacts our psychology yes um, I think I, I tend to feel very small and like this and then and then that impacts my psych psyche and also like emotion it makes me even more you know, closed up and, you know, like even depressed or not feel so safe. But when I start, like, you know, moving mm. my body, there's, you mm. know, kind of flow yes. and like a space and more like a power, you know, opening. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's what attracts me to work on a large canvas because uh, that kind of boosts all this, you know, physical like emotions, which gives me um, uh, the larger sensation of like a liberation. Or relief. Yeah. yeah the the s similarly with with uh, just movement in general for those that are constantly behind computers all day to just get up, move, stretch the body, do some yoga, go outside, get some sunlight mm -hmm. without the phones. That that can rejuvenate and inspire and give us so much energy mm -hmm. and so you're right that like if you're on a big canvas it's bigger than your body and you're using these large movement strokes um yeah you're inevitably going to feel more alive yes yeah yes yeah and so the vulnerability collection continues wow that small work is sold the, oh, this one got sold? Yeah. Wow, congrats. You just met Tom. Tom bought it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah, damn. So When he saw this piece in person, he said yes right away. Oh, well, that's yeah. so cool. Wow. So, so, and this is now becoming a reoccurring thing. Like, people even working at the major tech companies in the Bay Area are, like, interested in purchasing and supporting the art and yeah that's beautiful yeah we need more i'm always uh, on the lookout for art uh, collectors exhibitors and also you know corporate collaborations yeah yes yeah okay oh yeah i think i saw one of the images on on you have so much everyone everyone should follow um athena kim art on instagram because there's just so much good stuff on here and i think i saw one of the one of the images like these are some of the kind of like some of the large is this is this in the office space oh that's uh, currently in my studio gallery this one's in the studio right i saw some of the ones that looked like I love, because I love the brick background, it kind of looks like the in the office space. Because um, that's another one of the things is that it's coming into, yeah, which one? This is the one at the venture capital 
Oh, cool. And uh, fabrications design studio space in Palo Alto. Nice. It's called Playground Global. That yeah. was the second large piece. Yeah, that's right, yeah, right. Playground Global. Congrats, it's so cool. Thank you. See, this is getting, you're, you're, you're moving. You're moving fast. It's beautiful to see it. Because it takes a long time, you know? It's not overnight on the pursuit of art and the pursuit of, of, of what brings someone meaning in life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are so in the instant gratification world that we forget that it takes, it took Michelangelo almost four years to make the Statue of David. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, you know, came after visiting Andy Warhol's exhibitions. He uses silk, silks, a print. So it's, his, his work is super easy and then much quicker. And then he could produce so much um, in a like, short period of time. Uh, I was like, my work takes so much time, and it's uh, yeah. you know by hand and um, the huge uh, physical labor. But there is a there is a beauty in it. I think that's what keeps a keeps me like gravitated. It's it's uh, so difficult, you know, working on canvas with a paint ten hours a day, and and I pass out. Ten hours. Yeah, when I'm like in the flow. Flow. Yeah, ten twelve hours go you know, fast. And then it's not even done, the single one? Oh, because uh, I have a many layers And it's layered. Painting. So you, you put the layer on one and then you're going to the other one and can, what you're making a second or third layer on the one that is already dried from yesterday. Right. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> it's just like a difficult to like put uh, the brushes and uh, paint a palette knife down and then go for a walk or take a break for coffee because it has to be, the timing is so important. So right mixtures of color and then create a certain like textures that, yeah. that I want. And then it has to be the right timing. I have to like wait. If I miss it, then uh, it will take um, tremendous amount of time and like a paints to like try to recreate Re it. So, so one of the things is that then it's as though you have, like this is potentially like a good example. Let's look at this one. So there's something like, it's almost as though that you, um, the, when, you, when you add a color and you wait just a couple seconds and then you add another color, it mixes differently then if you waited an hour, like if you went on a walk right. and then came back, it would make a different appearance. Right. Yeah, yeah. So then you get to pick which ones you want to do immediately, which ones you want to wait a couple minutes or maybe an hour or maybe even overnight to mm -hmm. let it completely dry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a totally intuitive, spontaneous. At time, it's, it's not accident. Yeah. Does, does it make sense? Yeah. I'm not planning it. It's not premeditated, but I am looking for kind of like serendipity uh, while like being in present in the flow. Yeah. Yep. Serendipity and in flow. Yep. Yep. Wow. There's so much complexity that goes into this and I'm happy that we're even starting to, you know, break 
down the complexity and also showcase more artists that are doing really well and mm -hmm. that we believe in and that we love supporting. And Thank you. I love that. You're so welcome. You're so <laughs> welcome. And, and you have such a unique edge to you too because like you said that there's, there's something beautiful about, um, you said, uh, post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because we all have some sort of, a, of, of trauma, varying levels of traumas mm -hmm. and stresses throughout our lives as well as our ancestors' lives. Right. And so how can we grow from that? That's such an important thing. You are the embodiment of that. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am working on it in progress. Um, I think it... I, I came to realize that I was suffering from PTSD for a few decades of my life, but with this fear that I didn't want anybody to know what was going on and what happened to me. I think it has a lot to do with the, the shame. I think it's a very common uh, psychological um, like a challenge that a survivor of a trauma experience even though it's not at our fault it happened to us but we we are so shut down and too afraid to acknowledge and you know have our voice to you know tell others because we're so worried um, of being labeled or judged or criticized yeah. uh, not having a sense of a safety which uh, is the biggest uh, struggle for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to have space that makes us feel safe to be vulnerable and to express ourselves at our deepest emotions is so critical. And to help provide that for other people by just being um, present with them and the way that they feel and just wanting to be there in a loving, caring, compassionate way, and also to be able to do things like express oneself through art, through mediums like art. Okay. Athena, did we, do you think we um, covered, do you think we covered everything well? Do you think, is there something else specific that you think we should mention about your art and about your journey? <laughs> yeah. How do you feel? Feel good? Thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking pretty good. I'm thinking we did a good job. So some, and also this is also important to mention that some of the, um, some of the, the, um, the canvases, although you use some five by six and some five by seven foot canvases, you also, um, you even gifted us a little. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like? Twelve inch by twelve inch. That was a sixteen by twenty. Sixteen by twenty. Yes. Okay. So these are. 16 by 20 or a little bit more even maybe like right two, 18 by 22 18 by 22 yeah okay okay cool uh i still make smaller <laughs> work small medium large and you know extra large canvases well. yeah. yeah okay mm -hmm. okay cool um and so you're doing yeah both scales right now big stuff and smaller stuff you're doing both right yeah. especially in san francisco and like not everybody has yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. huge yeah. white wall space 
Although we definitely at some point will need to get one of the one of the beautiful ones in here, or even just lease it from you for a period of time to 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 hang and and inspire other people that that come in and will mention that of course it's Athena Kim's art. So thank kind of you. Yeah. I know like there's there's like a ton of money in Silicon Valley in San Francisco so Bay Area. Yeah. Like just even this year there's like new thousands, you know, like a millionaires. There's new millionaires all the time. Yeah, all the time. All the time. And, uh, so pass on some of that wealth to yeah, artists. I, I, yeah. I need all of this like successful tech entrepreneurs, investors to invest and support the artists. That's right. So art is so essential yes. to our humanity, especially all this, you know, like most like cutting edge uh, tech in the Bay Area especially. I feel like they, they have this accountability to support artists. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, this, and you look back at Lorenzo de' Medici um, patroning uh, da Vinci and Michelangelo, right? right. You, this, is, this is a long time that this has been happening. We need more of these new tech millionaires to step up and say, I'm gonna give Athena Kim because I love her art. I'm gonna give her a thousand bucks a month. They're gonna give Simulation a thousand bucks a month because they love what we do. They're gonna give Charity Everett a thousand bucks a month because she, they love what she does. Yeah, just like in a venture capitalist and angel investor invest their like tens and like hundred thousand dollars into a tech startups yeah. because they, they believe in their potentials and yes. they want to support. Um, so why not for artists? Why can yeah. they invest into artists with the talents and the vision and support them? Yes, yes. Amen. <laughs> we're gonna we're move we're making the move there. That's where everything's going, Athena. We're ma we're making the move in that direction. We're one one person at a time. One supporting artists, um, moving people in that direction. Um, Athena, let's ask you a couple quick questions that we like asking our guests on the way out of the show. Okay. 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 So, what do you? Where do you think we come from before birth? Do we come from somewhere into these bodies? <laughs> um, personally, I cannot explain it. There's no, you know, data, but it's just uh, purely based on my intuition, just gut feeling. We all come from somewhere but uh, not necessarily somewhere like completely like new out of like nothing or it could be um, I can say like I'm a foreign believer of reincarnation but maybe there's like a huge um, kind of like a circle I don't know <laughs> mm -hmm. unless that uh, we like completely uh, release and then relieve um, all this, our karma. Yeah. Then there's like nothing left. Doesn't need to be like brought back. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Until it gets to a point. Maybe it, <laughs> um, just speaking of it, it kind of sounds like a reincarnation, even though I don't necessarily like believe it and I don't know it well. Um, because often I get this kind of sensation that like 
things that I see and then what I'm experiencing, it's, it's, it, it feels kind of familiarity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a memory from the far past. I don't even know when it was and what it was for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the ultimate remembering. Why are we here? What are we doing? What is our role? What's our puzzle piece in the big game of civilization? The big remembering. Athena, do you think we are in a simulation? Yes. Yes, we are. Tell me more. Why? It's, a, it's, it's like a wonderful choice for, for your, your series. Tell me why? That's so difficult. I'm usually like, I just know, but when I have to like explain and analyze it, then mm. Mm. I don't really have like a firm like explanation to it. It's like often for me, like I just know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then what do you think's the most beautiful thing in the world? The most beautiful thing in the world. Mm. Compassion that is uh, unconditional, based on the unconditional love. See, authentic, pure, um, that caring for another living being. Yeah. That's so beautifully said, Athena. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the show. We really appreciated having you as a guest. Thank you for having me today, Alan, Ron. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Athena. You're a huge inspiration to us. We hope that everyone that watched, we would love for you to also Check out the links in the bio below to athenakimart.com. Also the Instagram and Facebook pages, Athena Kim Art. Check those out, everyone. Go and support Athena. Share more conversations with our friends, our families, our coworkers, people online on social media about art and emotional expression in general. Get creating as an artist, get making, go do that everyone. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Leave us your thoughts in the comments below. Also support the entrepreneurs, the organizations, the artists around the world that you believe in simulation. Our links are below. Support us on PayPal, on Patreon, also on cryptocurrencies. If you want to do cool things like design merch, like what's the most beautiful thing in the world, you can do that. The link's below. You can get paid and you can also spread thought-provoking questions around the world. Shout out to Ron Vogus for producing and directing. Thank you very much, Ron. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you soon. Peace.